Hello and welcome to When Will It End, the movie podcast where occasionally one of the hosts is really grumpy when we start off a new series. So Charles, Gosh. I apologize to you. I was grumpy during Pitch Black. I didn't like the movie. I wasn't having a good time. It's okay. I didn't, I didn't bring my A game to the record, but you know what? New Day. That's what we're... You, you've seen... Um, I was in a bit of a dark fury during <laughs> our first episode. You've seen Seinfeld, right? The show about nothing, you say? Yeah. Yeah, that show. Wait, wait. I'm Kramer. Yeah, that's the show. Wait, are you allowed to talk about Kramer anymore? Um, someone edited together footage with the Michael. Every time he says the N word, no, into a Seinfeld episode. So it seems like this is a Seinfeld episode about Kramer screaming the N word. That was that was. Didn't he go on like um? Yeah, Seinfeld set up an apology in Letterman, and it yeah. is one of he apologizes to Afro Americans, I believe is the phrase. It's, just, it's such because like you can't call in a favor with Seinfeld that often, where you're like, give me a chance to apologize on national television for screaming what is inarguably the most incendiary violent word in American culture. Yeah, I mean, after watching Rush Hour, we we saw what happens when. Jackie Chan says it. Yeah, a humorous slapstick pool hall fight might break out. Yeah. That's the worst thing <laughs> that could happen. Well, anyway, I brought up um, Seinfeld because one of the catchphrases of the show. Uh, no soup for you. Well, <laughs> yeah. I want you to have soup. and the, the soup nazi. The other, the, the catchphrase I was thinking of was happy pappy. I don't know that one. Oh, yeah. There's a big one where George keeps saying happy pappy. And then Seinfeld starts saying, you know, they say it there that way. Oh, that was play offensive. What's the deal with happy pappy? <laughs> anyway, I just want you to be happy pappy. Well, I'm that's happier, all I'm getting at. I'm happier pappier because this week we watched the title. I might even pretend it's Riddick, called the, the Colin, Dark, Dark Fury. Fury. Okay, yeah, we watched the 30 minute animated feature that it was intended to bridge the gap betwixt Pitch Black. And the second proper installation in the Riddick franchise, The Chronicles of Riddick, which is, I would argue, objectively one of the funniest names of a movie, movie we've done in the podcast. Because yeah. it's so – we talked about when we did uh, our Behind the Paywall feature on the Witchmaster mm-hmm, The Last Man. Witch Hunter. Yes, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, Vin Diesel's like, I love D&D. I really am committed to, like, telling the stories of these – Super cool guys in various fantastical settings. Dolans, right? Witch so hunters. The fact that he's like, we gotta tell the, we gotta open up the chronicles. Like it's such a dorky ass name for anything. Because Pitch <laughs> Black, like is. it's like such a '90s film title. Oh, absolutely. I'll be at 2000 when it was released. Like it, that's such a you know deep impact contact. You yeah, know, Pitch Black. You know, and, and and the Chronicles of Riddick is such a it's a it's a word jumble mess. Like no one wants to say the Chronicles of Riddick. Well, well, I guess part of my reaction to the franchise that I was that I was voicing in the Pitch Black episode is that clearly David Twombly or whatever his name is to to do the yes yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Vin are like Riddick is the coolest guy in the fucking world, and I really didn't get that from the first movie. No. It's it's uh, we 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 will not be rehashing the first one too much, but I think it is an interesting to start from. Vin Diesel's character should have been the coolest character in that movie. Um, I think it's through it just having shitty special effects. Anytime you set a movie in the dark, that's hard because cameras they work in the light. Though, did, did you see Don't Breathe Two is coming out? I did, and I gotta say, I'm excited. How do they up from the baster scene though? That shit's uh, woo. 
Two basters. Two basters. Yeah, dude. It's going to be fucking awesome. I saw Don't Breathe in a movie theater in Brooklyn when it came out. And it was such a – it was me and like half a dozen friends. And it was such an old school horror experience of like we're all going to go to the fucking, you know, blind Vietnam vet who's a basement rapist movie. And yeah. man, the, the audience reactions to the baster scene, unforgettable. It's, it's amazing. We, we, I felt like we got basted. Just well, I was just about to say that on I, I went to this movie theater in Portland. I think it's still open, but it's like sort of shittier now. But they did uh, Magic Mike XXL screenings. Maybe I've told this to you. Um, I've definitely told you that, the, that that's the single craziest crowd reaction to a movie I've ever seen was Magic Mike XXL for sure. Yeah, uh, we went uh, and there was a group of women that they saw. I think they went every screening, not once a day. I think they went every screening and they would throw rice just during the like they would just be there throwing rice and they would just be a staple it's sort of like rocky horror but in that's and then just saying in that same way we would go we would camp out bring our turkey basters full of cum and just at the and end squirt and them squirt the, them on the right, audience that's yeah really beautiful yeah it was really it was a, it was they loved us there uh they're they just i don't know we just became part of the scene that's know? really beautiful yeah and, and there's that sort of like keep portland weird energy about right. portland maine where it's like yeah and what's spray come out of a base on people at a it's amazing because once you did it once you know it's like sort of like when you, what do they call you're a virgin right when you go to a rocky horror for the first time or when you do many things i think that's yeah you know that's true but that's that's the phrase so like you could be a, a don't breathe virgin mm-hmm. but once you're in you can join us yeah, you can you can come you're, you're gonna get with the calm base right. there um when I said Magic Mike XXL, and by the way, they cannot make the third movie fast enough. I don't even care who's in it. <laughs> What's it going to be called? Shit. I don't Triple already... X, Triple XL. Okay. Yeah, why, I guess. Why overthink I... it? Why overthink a great thing? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the middle-aged women losing their minds to that movie. There's <laughs> At some point, someone says, and I've told this story before, forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but someone in the film says, yeah, I'm just trying to get off the pole. And this woman yelled, why the fuck would you want to get off the pole? And everyone must have fucking The crowd screamed. erupted. <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, that's, that's a movie that isn't very good, but it is a movie that if you didn't see it in theaters, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's, but like the first one, you got, you the got first Matt. one is, is, you know, it's you a got, Soderbergh yeah. classic. It's amazing. It's good shit. But like, this is, was, he, is he the best living filmmaker? I feel like I in 2021, I'm waking up and being like, wait, like, I fucking adore almost everything this man has made. I don't mm-hmm. dislike anything he's made. I think he falls in the Coen Brothers sort of vibe. Uh, similar in some well, ways. He's so prolific. Because yeah. you think of like a PTA or like, you know, that's a guy who really calls the shots really deliberately. And Soderbergh is very much like, uh, we don't need actors. Or cameras, I'll yeah. Just, like, I got an I got an iPhone. I know some guy. We're just gonna or make a movie. in the same way that it's a one for me, one for you situation. Or he'll do Oceans, where it's a multi million dollar production with the biggest actors you can find. I can't wait to do Oceans. Yeah, that'll be fun. That's as, as we said in the past, the ultimate sick day movie, the yeah. franchise. Can I have a little, offer a little secret? Sure. Uh, I've only seen the first one once, and my mom just kept saying, "Why does he keep eating those sandwiches?" And it's like all I remember from it. And I never saw any of the rest. Um, I did try to see the new one, but uh, a Yes Men's Matters group was boycotting the theater. No, that's, that's just bullshit, man. Yeah, you were tired of male erasure <laughs> in the crime. Yeah. And in, in, the, crime comedies. in the same way of the all the virgins I was talking about before, I became a, a Yes Men's Matter all right virgin. And then I just got I just joined it. You know, it seemed fun. 
it seems like you're insecure about not having done things. And I'm yeah, I just joined the team. Not being a virgin anymore than. I'm not a virgin. Right, but okay. I swear um, it. I swear I'm not a virgin. Well, we bro- both uh, lost our virginity for watching The Chronicles of Riddick, <laughs> colon, Dark Fury. Sure did. A 30-minute animated short. And let me say this. What, what I was saying earlier was this. In Pitch Black, I'm like, everyone is screaming, this man is a cool guy. And I'm like, I don't really get it. In mm-hmm. this, I'm like, in a 30-minute installment of a very you know, stylized and, you know, in animation were freed from the horrible shackles of, you know, late 90s CGI. Now I think Riddick is a cool guy. He's fucking amazing. He's cool as fuck. This was great. And and part of it is that, you know, what we talked about in Pitch Black was the, the fact that the hyper generic bad guy alien left us with this gaping void in a movie like this mm. where you need to have an antagonist to make the protagonist more interesting. It's not complicated all the best movies have excellent I just watched Midnight Run today I'd never seen it before I don't even know what that is Bobby De Niro wow Chucky Grodin what the fuck Dennis Farina playing a mob boss uh what yeah this sounds good Philip Baker Hall is in it in a very small role wow it reminds us of the last series it's a Martin Breast joint I don't know what that means you're gonna wanna try the breast okay over the over the thigh there's a director named Thigh over the two Thule Thule old Thule old Thule no but like you know you get Dennis Farina as the bad guy yeah it's like oh now I get who the good guy is because Dennis Farina fucking sucks in the best possible way right opposite of this guy right it's sort of like you know we talk serenity on the bonus like yeah Jason Clark frothing at the mouth (laughs) and like going to 13 the entire movie yeah it's clear what's going on it's clear who we were rooting for yeah, and yeah. It, it, it gives us something to bounce our feelings about the main character off. In that case, of course, the hooker who can't afford hooks, Matthew McConaughey himself playing, God, his name is so funny and I can't remember it. Anywho, so in this movie, it's kind of brilliant because the whole thing is like uh, they've left Pitch Black Land and they're floating in the abyss and a, and a ship captures them. And on the ship is this crazy, eccentric, rich collector lady who's like, I collect specimens of murder geniuses because they're living art. And you, Riddick, are an artist, and I want to see you murder for me, and then I'll make you part of my collection. And that is such a simple, awesome premise for cool shit to happen. It feels like a Star Trek episode, or you you mentioned Cowboy Bebop and the combination of animation styles. Pitch Black is two hours long. It is a slog to get through. In 30 minutes, I think we get more of an understanding of everyone, all the three people who have carried over from Pitch Black, their, who, what makes them who they are, what their motivations are, what their intentions are. And again, in animation, a lot of that was nonverbal. And mm-hmm. all that was achieved in, in 30 minutes compared to this two-hour-long Pitch Black disaster that I, I never want to watch again. Yeah, I, I, I think I might watch some... Yeah, no, you know what? I have fun with it. But I, yeah, it's something I never want to really sit through again because it doesn't have any lasting payout. There, there, that's another huge problem with Pitch Black. There's no big payoff. This, very simply, does a classic fucking badass cool guy thing where he's like, next time I see you, I'm going to stab you in the fucking eye, you dick. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, what the, fucking happens? He fucking stabs in the eye. He's like, I fucking told you that shit would happen. <laughs> you fucking idiot. This should have been... This is the problem with only releasing movies that are 90 minutes. Like, I, I want to see this in a theater with other people like can you imagine the applause the, like, this is 30 minutes my friend what I'm saying like the fact that you can only release movies that are 90 plus like I want a full crowd popcorn flying when he's like 
I told you that was going to happen. Yeah. Like, that's fucking awesome. So so here's the thing. It, like, at this point in our journey into this franchise, would I watch a season of 30-minute episodes of Riddick doing cool shit in outer space like this? Yeah. And I, I would say we learned more about the world of Riddick in this 30-minute stopgap, like, direct-to-DVD feature than anything in Pitch Black, where there's, like, a company and uh, there are slams and there are bounty hunters and sort of there's there's space muslims which is awesome <laughs> and the fact that we we know yeah now the voice cast do we is, are these all the actual people oh yeah really yeah it's incredible keith, Vin, they got keith they got Jack, the boy girl psychic yeah wow i love that we 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 thought there were only two genders but we there's do third. <laughs> we do learn that there's gender fluidity in the Rid- riddick verse where you can be a boy you can be a girl or you can be a psychic because as, as riddick says First you're a boy and now you're a girl. Watch out. Next may be a psychic. <laughs> That's not a good line, Twilly. Not a great line. Not a good one, Twilly. But I thought this was cool. I mean, this, there was so much like weird psychosexual like angst and weirdness in this that that yeah. And again, as I as I put it crudely, because I'm not an anime expert, everything looks like Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the credentials on this motherfucker. Uh, I already forget his name. I had it right here. Fuck. Hold on. He's grabbing his phone, people. Uh, it's uh, it's so nice to watch you flounder in person fuck. again. Peter Chung. Okay. That's what I was going to say, but I didn't want to, you know, make a mistake. Yeah, so let's take a shot in the dark yeah, with I don't names. To, it I feels like opening it. a door to some can classic I, racism. Can I just read you his resume? Please. Transformers, TV series, 1984. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 1987. And TV you may recall, listeners, we freaking, uh, we covered the turtles. We did it. Uh, we put he a did, shell on those turtles. He did the opening title sequence and overseas animation for the cops show. He did Rugrats. Wait, hold on. That's just like a, like a stamp of the word cops. Yeah, I think so. I don't really get that one, but I wanted to read it. Okay. Um, I mean, someone's got to do it. I'm not denigrating that. I'm just saying. I don't know, man. That's a strike against so it for like, me. <laughs> cops. Can you believe we watched bad that growing boys, up? Bad uh, yeah, I actually, even that, like, I did. Right, like to explain to young people about what the world was like in our childhood. It was like we just watched easily the most exploitative, like exploitative thing ever. Like, and it was like between Jerry Springer and The Price Is Right or something. Right, crazy. it was just like a thing we watched was like cops routinely arresting sex workers and addicts. Yeah, and like stuff where it's like, how how was this on television? Too wild for TV. Carl's. Uh he did Rugrats. This motherfucker did Aeon Flux and the Animatrix. Did you ever watch Aeon Flux? That's one of those cool things. I never did. I never no. Did. I, everyone I, fucking hates the movie. So it might be funny one day. He then. did the show. Yeah. Um I uh I was a weird strict like I don't know there's I think there's an era of uh of anime watchers and like I'm so glad. This is just me. I'm glad I was born in the era that I got, it, but that's probably because it's the one I watched and liked. But I was a Helsing, Cowboy Bebop, uh, Trigun, like that whole run. But I didn't do anything really earlier than that, and I didn't. I definitely tried, and I like really hate the new anime shit. Can I, I break down my anime generation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to hear Pokemon. It. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh. I just poke. I didn't, well, you I, mentioned I watched Yu-Gi-Oh. Pokemon. Oh, you didn't I, I watch I know nothing Yu-Gi-Oh. about Yu-Gi-Oh. I know that's about a, a, a androgynous fellow in a what looks like a velvet jacket with wild hair who's always playing cards dramatically. Sure, he's sexy. Well, he's pretty. He's I mean, just the fellow. way you flourish a card. Whatever. I don't know. Just when you go to the <laughs> casino. 
I think it's cool that that the Yu-Gi-Oh the game and I know nothing about this world. I like, played they're, they're the, game, the game. I've seen the show in the show, and then you play it in real life. That's kind of cooler than other card game adaptations. Yeah, I, uh, like you're I, playing the thing they're playing. That's cool. That's a smart tie-in. I was a babysitter when this show was popular, so I I was I, I want to go back on what I said earlier. I did watch the show and play the game, but and I enjoyed it. But I was old. I was just doing it to hang out with with the, the kids I was babysitting. So that they would want to hang out with me too. Okay, yeah. Well, I don't know. Just like when you're babysitting, you use you go to, to hang out with you. Beyblades, yeah. like Nerf gun shit. Like it's fun, right? But I wasn't just doing it by myself. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, I mean, can yeah. you imagine how it's weird now that you've explained that it was to hang out with fourteen year old me just yeah. like watching? I can imagine Yu-Gi-Oh. that vividly. <laughs> Did you imagine me like, you know, that pose when you watch TV as a kid, like? Lying on the floor on your chest with your Kick, kicking your little feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's watch. how I watched you go when I was sixteen. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah, uh, I remember when I lived in Ridgewood, there was a Taco Bell, and after school, the public school kids would flood into the Taco Bell and just play Yu Gi Oh for like eight hours. That's awesome. Like the second school is done, they just go to the Taco Bell and eat the delicious products that Taco Bell brings us every day: beans, beans. Talk. A meat-like thing. Yeah. Liquid cheese that rocks. Mm. I, can I just say this? Taco Bell fucking rules. It's great. And now that I'm like in my 30s, I'm, you're always like, you know, when do you give up childish things? And it's like, I like Taco Bell more now than I ever have. And, and I'm fine with that. I drove uh, 40 minutes to go to my first Taco Bell when I was like 33. Because my, my dad didn't it wasn't that he didn't let us, but he didn't really invite us to enjoy cuisines outside of beef. Well, and that's odd because I would say Taco Bell has built its its entire the foundation of its empire. My friend lies in its seasoned beef. I'm not, I'm not going to claim that this is born out of any racial problems or anything like that. But we were very strictly like American food household, so no yeah. sushi. Taco Bell was a little bit too no, foreign, too spicy, too spicy. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't, I, and then, you know, as you get older, Can I guess you, what your dad's hamburger was like, patty, bun, done. <laughs> you got it. Just dude. a gray slab of meat. No, wait. What do you think? There's sesame seeds or no? No, I'm thinking oh, he yeah. scrapes them off the top. <laughs> well, we would go to McDonald's because they didn't do it. But if, if yeah. they ever did happen to get a Burger King, it was. Wait, wait, Big Mac man? Quarter pounder with cheese? What quarter pounder with cheese. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Because the Big Mac sauce was too ethnic. <laughs> too spicy as i said no spice for this guy yeah i'm a fan of world cuisines big mac sauce <laughs> well i mean that is world cuisine because it's uh you know it's in france can i just say that you know everywhere you go now it's freaking mcdonald's this mcdonald's that people smash your television <laughs> listen to sound garden go well, to Lollapalooza. well you were describing earlier about children just flocking to a mcdonald's to play Yu-Gi-Oh. that's a taco bell sorry 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 sorry, sorry. Uh, that's beautiful to me. No, they don't do that shit anymore. They just what cower in their bedrooms, like watching YouTube and and playing uh, like Sudoku on their phones. Yeah, kids love Sudoku. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, I, you know, I miss the whole. Not to bring up the c word, not cunt, COVID. You know, I didn't. I've never been like a handheld device person, and everyone. You know, it's a good way to like figure out who of your friends truly have disposable income because people are like, "Fuck it, I'm buying a switch," and then everyone was like suddenly playing Animal Crossing right. or whatever. Yeah, and that struck me as like a bad, a bad version of interiority, like creating 
a, a, a world within a I world. Hate that I shit. understand the impulse. I do too. But like for me, it's like I did a healthy thing, which was you know uh, <laughs> smoke weed all day to not feel anything and listen to dub for hours alone. That is and way awful. Way better, unless there is actually a, a mod for Animal Crossing where you can do that. Where your character gets coma stone because they're depressed and they just listen to African Head Charge for like four hours at a time. Yeah, and all their crops die. That's or is that awesome. am I, is that the what's the farm game? Well, the Stardew, Stardew Valley. Valley is yeah, that's. That, uh, People also refer to. Uh, here's the thing. You know me. I'm like a waking idiot. I, I play. I have an. Oh, I have a new phone video game to show you. Oh yeah. This is huge. What is it? You're gonna be so proud, dude. Of you me. got me so into Retro Bowl. Retro Bowl is amazing, but I've moved yeah, on from Retro Bowl. Me too. But okay. it was a really nice time. I've played so much Retro Bowl. Uh, listeners out there, Retro Bowl kicks ass. This is Baseball Three. This is Baseball me. Nine. It's oh a, nine. It's a Japanese baseball game, but like it's oh, way cool. better than there's any right to be. Looks way better than Retro Bowl. Oh no, it's like a full 3D. You know, I'll, 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 I'm going to show. Charles uh, an inning here I have a vivid memory of like specifically going over to a friend's house to play a baseball game on his computer I mean triple play 98 I played might have been that obsessively as a kid so you know you can throw a pitch and ooh, it's a strike I got a strike damn that was a good pitch well yeah you can move the target but obviously I'm holding my mic so I'm just gonna you know, but it's cool. Like, you can teach your pitcher different pitches, and you get your hitters different things. You can buy them accessories. Wait, I thought you were going to show me an inning. That was just well, one no, hit. I can't, we're not going to play. We're not going to go through a whole inning. The dynamics of it. Okay. Also, I'm pitching. I can't pitch with one hand. You're doing you great. Both hands. I did okay, but the, the thing is, like, you so know, what was pitching with two? I mean, you pitch with one you, hand. You target with the left thumb, and you pitch. Oh, with the like right in thumb. real life, right? Yeah. Like in real life, with your left thumb, you target, <laughs> and with your right thumb, you release. That's um, cool. It's I, so uh, realistic. It, it's so Their realistic. Their heads are giant. It's too, just like in real life. Yeah, big old. Uh, I was. I dog sat for some friends today. Yeah, and, and uh, they have a VR headset, and they they were like, "You can use it if you want." So you just watched porn. Uh, no, I with the I, dog. I was. Uh, can I be honest with you? I was too scared to do VR alone. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's we have videos. Uh, Evan got a VR headset, which was also like it was a similar. Like, oh, the Oculus Rift is only three hundred dollars. It's finally affordable. I'll get it. And then he like used it for a week and then Yeah. It's like a Christmas present when you're eight. It's just like, oh, this is Yeah, fun. I got a and flashlight and it was fun for a little bit, and now I'm like, you know, kinda of a lot of effort to go through to It sure is. You know? Yeah, I uh I had I went through the same thing. Do they have Oculus Rift uh and flashlight bundle packages? They now? do, and it actually comes with a, a, a thing that like uh, a, an arm. Wow. And then a hinged arm. And you just like it's it's simulate arm doing the arm so you, holding you, the flashlight yeah well it's it's like a it's like you know those lamps that you can move around or like yes. a boom mic right it's on the other end is a flashlight and you stick it on your dick and then pop on those goggles and then you just have to sort of shake your head vigorously they're, it's still they're working on the prototype it's it's early dev that's e, not a good idea it's e-dev just use your hands to use it well, it's like you want to simulate someone else doing something. So in VR, when you see a boob, can you like reach out and touch it? I've never done it, honestly. Wow. I, I'm a virgin still. Not not a pee-pee virgin, but a VR virgin. I remember reading somewhere that someone was like, VR porn will fucking destroy the world. It's so fucking good. I hope so. And I'm like... That sounds great. You know. I hope it destroys... Oh, you're saying because no one will actually want to have sex anymore. Well... So people literally will stop reproducing. Sex is, you know, pretty overrated. Yeah, you do it a few times. Trust me, you've basically done it. There's like there's there's different iterations of it, but like at a yeah. certain point, you're like, you, you always know. have to keep pushing to the. I like now I have to go skydiving. To uh, would you ever skydive? I don't know. I think I used to want to, but 
But at this point, it seems like a, a risky thing to do for no reason. Do you think we'll ever see Riddick have sex? No, absolutely not. Do you think he's a sexless guy? So I noticed that uh, the boobs were very, like, boing. Yeah, the, the the antagonist has, may I say, quite the set. And, and they're they're being presented pretty uh yeah like a window yeah and and, and uh you know just to make sure this the, just like in the tomorrow war when chris Pratt oh, takes off his shirt yeah. for reasons that are very important yeah uh, at some point riddick's like i'm not putting my shirt back on it's yucky and so we get to see some like some bronze some some, animated. some dad bod everyone you know first off i hate the, the dad bod's the worst phrase of all time okay i'm sorry i said it no i'm not mad at you i'm mad at society because like in general like i am hollywood fat no question. Yeah. If I was in a movie in Hollywood, I'd be like the fat, f- funny friend. And in real life, it's like I am 100% basically a normal looking right. human. And like when the dad bod thing happened, it was like, oh, uh, yeah, Vin Diesel has like a stomach like a person would. Right. What is he? A dad who's I given guess, up on life? So that's, yeah, you know. It's what? like, no, no, no. The reason, we, like, like the dad, I, it's like, yeah, you're not just trying to impress people with a meaningless accomplishment you're doing other shit that doesn't mean you're not like fine-toning your fucking like it's such a weirdly condemning way to talk about you have more important things to do than worry about what your that's fucking good stomach point. looks like yeah and by the way it looks fucking fine that's what stomachs look like well this uh, i think i fell into a trap there uh it's similar to a jigsaw style trap where i learned a lot about myself there and i, I uh lost some things but i came out of it alive well, okay, so we're talking about and the I wanna, war. Well, I just want to—I just want to say that I think it's not that he looks bad, but it's startling, especially comparing him to J.K. Simmons, who I last saw him screaming at a child, a drummer child. Like he's all he did was work out for six years, and it's like it is weird for the main character of a Hollywood blockbuster to take off his shirt and be like, "Well, I'm leaving this off," and he just looks like a normal person. Mm. So it's good, but yeah. I just want to use a phrase that is strangely well, like, negative i was listening to chris pratt on doughboys and he was just like yeah like uh which chris pratt went on doughboys yeah he did i mean it was a press junket appearance yeah. so it wasn't like he did like a favor for my what do you eat but, well he's like you know i am now in a food food is fuel world it's not fun to eat i love eating and eating sucks for me now like i don't eat carbs i am an actor who is known for being ripped now so eating isn't is no longer fun i don't have to take any pleasure out of the things i eat and i can't eat carbohydrates because those are the best foods 100 yeah it's like i i, I guess like when I, or, or the jk simmons thing where it's like yes that man's job is to appear yeah. in front of people so he is paid to look a certain way to do that and people like the fact that in our society it's like yeah, yeah. Why, why don't you look more like that guy, people? And it's like, well, that guy, motherfucker's job is to look like that. Yeah, it's, it's like, like when you watch porn. Porn's not realistic. It's their job to to do extra like super to have a big penis, right? You know, so, have big floppers and big floppers, big old stinking floppers. So I, you know, I, I think about like everyone making fun of Vin Diesel for that one admittedly hilarious paparazzi photo. Yeah. And it's like the motherfucker's not working right now. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you know, he's he deserves it. He deserves carbs. Right. Everyone if deserves you look at carbs. Freaks like Mark Wahlberg and The Rock, who just seem like miserable losers, where it's like, I wake up at 2 a.m. so that I can have 0% body fat. And yeah. Like, Mark Wahlberg is. What a uh, lunatic. Not so. Yeah. As if, like, the greatest. You know, look at, like, fucking all the, my favorite actors from, like, the, the 20th century. Like, Albert Finney. You think Albert Finney ever fucking. 
I don't know. Just the guys who I love who just like look weird and cool. Or you know, people point this out a lot. But when they cast Sean Connery as James Bond and, and Doctor No, they're like, "Oh, great, just some beefcake playing James Bond." You know? Yeah. It's like you look at that movie. Sean Connery looks like. I mean, right? Or the scene, the, the scene where he takes off his shirt to get his eyes done, and in, in, uh, you want to live twice, right? Like he looks just like Chris Pratt in the Tomorrow War. Actually, probably looks even less ripped. Right, so it's it just it's so funny how yeah. like like my favorite my favorite body thing is I love Don Draper's body in Mad Men where like he's a hunky guy in Mad Men but mm-hmm. like he's not he isn't sh- like shredded he, like Zac Efron in fucking uh, the Beach movie yeah Paywatch he looks terrifying yeah like he looks like a fucking werewolf he looks honestly like his abs look like the creature in this movie that we just watched yes terrifying. Like the they, you, that it would just rip you apart. Thing. Yeah, that thing was awesome. That ruled. So that's what another thing we talked a little bit about the first one. Uh, I think it's a nice comparison point. So yeah, let's keep doing it. Uh, the aliens in that movie sucked. They looked like shit. And this is like we got the shimmering eye shit, and we only got like one scene of it. It looked good. It looked fine. The aliens were weird and trippy and awesome. And then yeah, well, let's talk about that. The, the weird, like they look. It looks like you know, liquid neon arms like thrashing in the darkness. Because yeah. the the collector lady's like, I want to see you perform your craft in front of me. And she's it's not voiced Werner by Herzog, no, it's, she is voiced by Werner Herzog. Yeah, it's like you are an artist and you must create and murder for me. Yes, you'll be fighting the bear. Right. So he fights the cool, splashy, bear. liquidy, cool, creepy tentacle guys. And then, yeah, they have like the half machine, half squirming, half mouth hot hole. dog. Yeah, fucking. Yeah, it was. It was. We were like, I know this isn't new. We started talking about it in the first episode, like Riddick is stealing from a bunch of shit. But like to see what came after this, like you mentioned, John Wick with the eye, Star Wars Seven with the fucking tentacle monster that rips through and eats people in the exact same way. Like animation is cool. I think yeah. this is why these movies are working now. This is working specifically is because. They were just trying to figure out how how CGI was going to be effective, and it wasn't yet. But animation was like CGI was still hard to do. So you had a lot of this like the fight scene at the very end of this movie is between two people. The perspective is so fucking weird on purpose. Like everyone's arms are getting really strange, and now you see like what the Matrix was doing in real life, and that's why the Matrix was so cool. It was like oh, let's use this weird visual technique that only makes sense in an animated context. And somehow try to translate it to the real world. Well, there are a few times in cinema where you actually see something you've never seen before. Yeah. It's rare. It's super rare. And The Matrix, again, I, I, I always wonder, I deliberately stay away from the first movie because I tried to rewatch it years ago and I was like, oh, this is a lot talkier than I remember it being. So good. I need, I'm need. i excited to watch it again with you. Yeah. Oh, that's a little spoiler. We're doing it at, We're the, end do of, it. Doing so at the end of the year. Look forward to that. But like, you know, yeah, the thing with Pitch Black is, is there anything in that movie you haven't seen before? The ideas mm. around his night vision are sort of novel, they, but dude, it's terribly realized. What, and this was awesome because it takes place in a lit world, and then there is one scene where they turn out... Well, there's two scenes where they turn out the lights, and you're like, oh, his special power actually means something. Rather than being like, oh, goggles on, goggles off. Oh, someone's shining a light at me, goggles off. It's just like the first one became so ruly about his eyes that it became silly. And well, he, then also you think about like... you know. Silence of the Lambs, right? Everyone talks about the night vision goggle scene. 
Yeah. That is like a three-minute scene yeah. in a two-hour movie. It is a extremely – the reason it's memorable is because it's used sparingly. So like, you know, that's, that's true. how it's become iconic. If that was – like half of the movie was fucking Jodie Foster in a basement, it would suck. It's mm. not. It's like this crazy climactic okay, moment. Cool. Yeah, no. You know, or – and then, you know, uh, for – for there, there's all kinds of wonderful examples. Yeah, like, like the end about, of uh, the Hitchcock movie. Where the, he's he's flashing light bulbs. Oh, uh, rear window. Yeah, like that, like a similar dark effect with the strobes and like. But yeah, that's because it's contained to one moment where you get the rules there. But like, if he was like, there's a thirty minute sequence where he's trying to get away from a guy and like every once in a while they had to keep flashing bulbs. It's just like, yeah, Riddick needed to have. I think a half hour is a perfect amount of time for a Riddick story right now mm. while they try to figure out what this story is about. Because that was another thing. We had three characters with arcs, and some of them were interesting. Some of them weren't. There were fucking space Muslims. There were just a lot of shit thrown in the first one. This was, again, shit we've seen before, but done by a, a fucking animator who is unlike anyone else. And it just, like, uh, it just feels better to be in this world than in the other one. Well, and, and it shows like, you know, again, the whole podcast is theoretically about how does how do you franchise successfully? Th- this is a you know, what could be a complete throwaway thing is so far, you know, two features into this franchise just night and day. I, I would again, like I said, I would watch a season of episodes like this. This yeah. was great. If this was the the pilot for Riddick the animated series, cool. Give me more of this. Yeah. And also I'm I'm cool with it being a one and done, too. I think this is a great, like, I like that idea where you have a movie and then you're like, well, what if, like, why, why we don't need to change the actors. We don't need to change this, the plot. We can just change what it looks like and see how that makes us create differently. And I think this is the perfect creator. I don't know. Did you see the Animatrix? Well, as I said, I, not in years. Okay. I saw that, like, like, I would say probably 15 years ago at this point. This is the guy who did Matriculated, which is, like, the trippy one. Um, and as soon as I saw their faces i was like this this is a this is an animatrix guy and he uh yeah is he's i think they really nailed the style i think this would have been a lot harder to watch if it hadn't been visually weird because i think that's what the first one was lacking it was a very weird story with very weird people i've been racking my mind to remember what the aliens look like in pitch black it's it's, even i can like sketch it loosely in my mind exactly what they look like like snarly beast guys i only i only know what they look like because there's that that thing is seared in like the the where he does the dance Oh god! like that is just like so seared in my head as a bad scene that i remember it's like oh yeah there's like a bowed head with things you can grab so you can say blind spot god god blind spot yeah then meanwhile everything in this is fucking unforgettable it looks insane in a a really cool way yeah and you know i think there was that dream in the early aughts certainly driven the most by the wachowskis and we'll save a lot of this for that conversation but like you know we want to tell a story in multiple mediums and multiple formats and create this universe of a multi and, and, and i don't think anything Maybe Batman has come the closest because the Arkham Asylum games are probably, I would say the yeah, animated the animated series and the video games are easily my favorite Batman stuff, maybe ever. Not a uh, Dark Knight Rises. Not the Dark Knight Rises. No, I, uh, you may recall. Don't do like. not care for. Uh, you know, for example, so the Batman. You know, 
I never grew up with the comic books. I watched the Adam West series, which is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I'm not going to like, you know, die on that hill. But the animated series is fantastic. Mask of the Phantasm, the movie spinoff of the animated series, is a wonderful movie. And, like, pretty unforgettable. And then the Arkham Asylum games are like, that's what you want to see. Batman fucking beating ass in, our, in the, the Insane yeah. Asylum. That's crazy. Yeah. Wait, so did like, you play those games? Um, I read the I read about the games. I never oh. played them. Hey, you didn't seem <laughs> like something you'd play, but... No, because um, uh, in the 90s, I read my dad in a misguided effort to connect with me over comic books. Got me, like, 90s the, Batman stuff, which oh, is, like, okay. oh, shit. really fucked up. <laughs> like, uh... Oh, dad... Like Zizu or Zizad, the serial killer guy. Yeah. Like, you know, the, all the, the Arkham Asylum world, which I should not have been exposed to as a child. As an adult, I'm like, oh, that actually, that is something that, that, that has a DC feel to it that is distinct and unique and cool. You know, certainly, you know, my, my brother was watching the, the Snyder Cut of Justice League, oh. which I categorically have no interest in. I, I know. I was thinking maybe we should. Well, we might have to do it technically. So we'll see. We don't have to do the, the, the I, Zider. I'm happy to do a Bat, the Batfleck series at some we point. We have to. Yeah. Next year. Because I love Batfleck. Next year. And I think that I will. I would love to do the director's cut. If the director's cut of Justice League is is as insane as the BVS director's cut, I'm excited to What's watch BVS? it. What's BVS? Batman vs. Superman. Because oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, director's yeah, cut yeah, is yeah, like yeah. pure psycho. It is one well, of the strangest we're gonna things do both. ever made. Right. We're going to do both cuts. I'm worried both. that the Justice League is going to be a very boring four hours that I don't... I think so. Right. Unfortunate. But yeah, I think that'll be... Ne- I think we have to do that next year. We've we've done two Batmans in a row, so we got to yeah. finish it off. Wait, so we want to get some Tomorrow War talk. So can we... Let, let's say... I'm going to say MVP Peter Chung. I'm going to wow, do a rare behind a the rare. camera thing. But... You know, he takes this IP, and look, this may have gotten me unreasonably excited about the Chronicles of Riddick, and I'm now <laughs> quite nervous that that's yeah. going to suck ass. This might be the wrong way to go into the Chronicles of Riddick. Right. Because and, it's, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's, well, Chronicles of Riddick was, Pitch Black was in 2000? Yeah. So they had three years to try to pull something together. It might be okay. And it also, it's I think it's way more grounded. Well, the, again, the fact that it's so strange to call this 30-minute animated short with the hot dog monster more grounded, but, like, plugging Riddick into there is an antagonist, there are, you know, the lieutenants of the antagonist, we have a very clear sense of the narrative, and it's very satisfying, and he says cool shit, and he helps out his, his buddies, and, like, it was very satisfying, so... You know, yeah, I think Peter Chung's visual realization of these ideas into something that just objectively works, you know? I don't think I'm going to, like, you know, I, I'm not, like, going to buy the DVD of this, but, like, it definitely You did, like, buddy. You already no, did. I bought the one-time rental. Nope, you bought it. It's, no, I didn't. It's, you bought it with the Patreon money. It's not a rental. You own this now for the rest of your life. Wait, I own it? You own it, buddy. Oh, that's oh! I did buy it. Oh, yeah, wow. that's what I was trying to tell you. This okay. is yours. You know, I'd smoke a fat bowl of marijuana yeah. and watch it again. Fucking, it was great. I watch it every night. Yeah, well, okay. Hot dog. Bit much. Hot dog. I I mean, I'm vegan now. I really don't get the sensation of hot dog, and that to me. You're just watching it for the cans on the bad guy lady. So, happened uh, like, happened oh, We were watching, and he was like, "Ka-ching, Yeah, you had, you had to tell me to shut up. So yeah, many like he times. had heart signs and dollar signs bursting yeah. out of his eyes, and uh, his, his tongue unspooled. A cane. He comes in his pants. Yeah. It's disgusting. On my new carpet. It's a really nice carpet. Hundred bucks. I really like it. Station money. That's awesome. Yeah, I felt pretty cool. Uh, well, speaking of uh, her, I don't remember her name, but she gets my MVP. Yeah, she was cool. Uh, and I love that you gave it to 
Peter because I think without him, this movie would have been boring. Right. He plugged David and, and Vin's ideas into a visual aesthetic that made it work. That's, yeah. I think, impressive given how pitch black you're really left with so little yeah, at the end good of the work, day. Peter. But I agree with you. So, She's a cool bad guy. So here's what she I want to say. She collects murderers in yeah, her dude. murder castle. It's awesome. And this is, so this is what I, I watched Black Widow last night. I don't want to get too MCU-y here because we, we sort of have a rule against it. It's just, we might, I don't know. But anyway, I think some listeners might be like, but Charles, well, no one would because no one's seen this. But if you've seen it, you might go, but Charles, all she does is, is talk exposition at you the whole time. And my rebuttal to that is that she talks exposition that has nothing to do with the movie. And to me, I think that's like watching Black Widow. I was trying to figure out why sometimes I like talking and why I don't. And this is a great example of a character just dropping everything we need to know about her as a, like a person. But her art exhibit has nothing to do with Vin Diesel, the world or anything else. It has nothing to do with the plot even. And all we get is like a one minute scene where she just talks a lot and then she goes, but enough talk. Now you fight. And it's just like, yeah, fuck that. That's awesome. Like this is what a rich weirdo would do. And then uh, just let's fucking watch the silent, basically silent movie for the rest of this. And yeah, she's like, I'm a wealthy pervert. I think murderers are the greatest artists in the world. And you, Riddick, are the crown and my jewel. Hmm. The jewel of my crown. Whatever. She said both. No good Uh, murder. But then she's like, but and you know what? They're all still alive and they're just living life in slow motion in a nightmare realm. And like, meanwhile, the camera's doing a a reverse uh, uh, fight club where it's like zooming into someone's brain and they're just like, so it's just like, I like that. I think the problem with something like, Black Widow is everyone's talking, but it's all at the service of the plot, capital P, and it's all at the service of the emotional arcs, and it's all like without the dialogue, you don't know what these characters are thinking or feeling, and that's directly impacting the story. So all you're left with is just like a bunch of people talking about their feelings, and the movie is about their feelings, and that's when it doesn't work. And here it's just like, oh, we get a, a brief insight into the mind of a crazy woman, and and that doesn't matter. She didn't, like, if you'd cut that out, Nothing would have changed. And I like that there's a little embellishment on this this character. And at the end, she fucking pops back out. She's, she looks like absolute shit for some reason. I don't really know why. And our boy slash girl slash psychic gets to commit their first heinous act. Which That's a very uncivilized thing you did, Jack. Yeah. So I like that she's also now the uh, the catalyst for change. And that's basically the end of this movie is like, Keith's like, I'm worried that she's going to become like a you. Riddick. And it's like, holy shit. Is this what Pitch Black does? Like, is this and what Deep goes, Space? Imam, don't be ridiculous. Cut to credits. Good stuff. We did it. Uh, I'm not asking when we'll end. This was a great installation into a floundering beginning. So great. I'm, I'm excited to watch The Chronicles of Riddick. I assume it's probably not going to be as good as this, but I hope to be proven wrong. I think I, I think it will be. I don't think it'll be as good as this because it's, this is a tight thirty, and on, in my mind, nothing beats a tight thirty, unless it's the padded. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm not asking either, and I'm actually quite hopeful. I think this is if this was made at the same time, I think they're going to carry similar vibes. One's live action, so it'll look different, but I think this is the this is what I want out of a Riddick character: someone doing a task against a villain, but he's also a fucking murderous badass. 
Like that's a cool character to me. Someone right, that's a cool antihero with a moral drive towards like not maybe not right at True North, but somewhere in the northern quadrant. But he doesn't mind getting his hands dirty. He doesn't mind <laughs> doesn't mind filling a ship full of cum and then like bleeding people dry in a cum bubble. Yeah, that was great. That was uh, oh, you don't see that enough in movies. <laughs> you don't, it's not explained. He just like right. he's holding a torch no, and then they, suddenly they do explain it. Oh, they do. Yeah, I didn't. He, I he essentially set off the the cum bubble. The cum bubble, but it's coolant cum. So it's like a thick, goopy, oh. viscous substance that cools down the ship. That's why their heat signature disappeared. And it oh, because like they foam. were just holding their breath in there. Uh, I think it's foam, so there's some air in the foam, the cum foam. Oh, because you can eat it for air. And you can eat cum, cum as a drink. So That's you can true. drink it's it too. full of good shit. Um, but no, which, I mean, that, just one last thing. Uh, that is one cool thing is like this director has a vision for like what space is like, which you also don't get like, oh, they crash land on a desert. Who fucking cares in the first one? But this is like, a ship is in a, a docking bay with zero gravity and foam just like erupts in a sphere and then people are sucked in blood's flying everywhere it's like yeah this is fucking awesome and i hope that they can somehow figure out how to do this in 2003 in a live action movie yeah oh and lastly this movie does a snake plissken and puts a freaky blowy uppy thingy in his neck and he pull it out and he throw it at the lady and blow up yeah and then it ends with a, a sick uh, dance remix of famous the soundtrack was tight with machine head machine head yeah real great idiot industrial music love it okay so we want to get a little corner of the episode to talk about the new amazon prime (laughs) feature the tomorrow war which honks and blows and sucks and if you make this into a franchise i will set myself on fire it seems like there's no way to franchise this and it objectively is no incompetently made they sort of it's a rare move in 2020 to actively sabotage a franchise but i there's no like they so deliberately connected the dots that they didn't leave it's it's an airtight bubble of bullshit that there's no escaping it and no recreating it and no moving on from it i want to ask your take on this i didn't finish the movie because i got about halfway in and i was like choice the ending is the last third is is like the whole movie's bad but the last third is just like wait what yeah Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. The pacing of the first third is so strange where in a very uncharming way, it absolutely sprints through the beginning of the movie at a pace that I found just perplexing where it's like, I'm Chris Pratt. I want to be a real scientist. I guess I can't be. Well, let's watch the World Cup. Oh, no. Future people. Hello, people of the past. There are aliens now. We must fight the future war. Cut to the future war sucks. <laughs> like just the the amount of ground they cover where they like scream extremely curt exposition at you and then just like whip you into the next and it's like oh I hate my dad I'm his dad I hate him too now we love each other like it's just like yeah, dude. holy shit and like look uh, I think you should leave season two just drop so my Sam Richardson stock is at an all time high big Detroiters fan big Veep fan I think he might be the funniest person alive Wait, so who is he is he uh... he plays Charlie in the Tomorrow War. He's Charlie. the guy who's tasked with quipping. He's oh, the young black man. He's incredible. He, he's the yes. greatest character on Veep. He's, he's, he's incredible. an amazing actor who in this movie, and what's so confounding is that McKay, he's from the Lego movie, which is great. He's from Lego Batman, which I love. Like, I kind of like that guy's work. And who's that? The, the director, director of The Tomorrow War. Yeah. He has, like, successful franchising chops to his name where like I don't think anyone thought that the Lego movie would be that funny and it's really funny Lego Batman really emotional and really funny and like very self-conscious and 
but it delivers on the pathos while also being postmodern and, and self-referential. And then this movie, it's like they farm out in an ocean of terrible cliches, you know, they, they make Sam Richardson do with equipping. And it's just it's this like one guy nobly battling a dog shit script while everyone yeah. else just goes, says like this scene where they're like, we've got to test your blood type. Why for the thing? But why? We can't tell you. But why? And it's like, yeah, dude. And it, that, that it ultimately doesn't matter like it's sort that's where he learns that he's gonna die is that what you're talking yeah, about? yeah and it's like yeah it's like but who cares like it never really matters nothing and that's the big problem with this movie is that i don't think my this is how i imagined they made the movie they're about to release it and then suddenly they couldn't and rather than just like let it sit for a year it seems like they just like well why don't we just fucking play with it for a year and keep editing it non-stop because it it felt like the last third were just added on later because it's it's complete bullshit well it, it is a movie that raises massive existential philosophic and emotional stakes that are completely unaddressed or it's like daddy why we or like, you know why should we learn science science is, oh my god is, did you get to the science montage yes um <laughs> no but like okay, so like the politics of this movie i found inscrutable oh, and sucked. mostly upsetting but when chris pratt tells his high school uh class that we can never stop innovating. I was yeah. like, are you guys going to pitch fucking crypto in this movie too? Does Elon Musk have a cameo that I missed? Like what the, the attitude about science here is just like the most capitalistic. It's weird. so dumb. It's so fucking dumb. And this is what I mean. Like, this is like, seems like a post vaccine movie where it's just like, if you try hard enough and if you put that computer to work, you can do whatever you want. It's you're, like, you're doing an Ashton Jobs voice right now. Oh, yeah? You've really channeled a little uh, bit of Jobs. That's good. I, Our I, favorite I will movie. let Ashton know I'm pulling him. God. But, it, like, that's not a move. That's not fun to watch. A, a, a person putting slides into a microscope and then watching numbers crunch in the background. It was like, is this just, like, a weird science, like, thing that they show high schoolers? Right. There's, there is a cool movie about science. It's called The Fly. Where a sexually aggressive scientist becomes a horrifying monster that almost kills Gina Davis. And I honestly blocked most of this out. Like, I actively decided to not think about this movie. It would hurt me so hard after finishing it. But just so you didn't finish it. Where did no. you leave off? Um, they were, like, in training. I got, like, half an hour in and I was like... Oh, you missed the real science okay. montage. I was like, it's a Sunday afternoon. I have nothing to do. There's no better time to watch this. And I cannot bring no, myself. No, you did the smart choice. Right. It, it was, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to, this is, there's no way that something good comes out of this. Amy and uh, Amy and I like did that thing where we didn't really, we were both feeling like we should just turn this off. But unfortunately, we didn't voice that opinion. Because, you know, when you're sitting watching a movie with someone, if they're liking it, you don't want to butt in to be like, I don't want to watch this anymore because that just kills the mood, ruins the vibe. So we both just like sat there being like, this sucks. I mean, like just complained for a half hour after it was over, which that felt nice. Uh, but I'm just, I just was describing an actual scene in this movie. So he goes to the future war. Uh, boring bullshit happens. He meets his daughter, who's the corporal, but also a scientist. So which is what I love about this movie is that it's the draft is cool. Uh, you can be a like the opening scene is like I'm a soldier, but I'm a cool science soldier. I just don't I don't just murder people. I do science for the soldier. So you know you could be a soldier scientist too. Uh, so she's also a soldier scientist in the future where there's only fifty thousand people left, and they capture the starship troopers' brain bug, 
bring it back to the office. It's afraid. And Neil Patrick Harris goes, it's afraid. No, dude, this movie is like if the if uh, Starship Troopers weren't a satire. It sucks. And so they get the brain bug back. They There is a five-minute sequence where they put slides under a microscope and it keeps going 20% match, 30% match, 40% match. And then they eat pizza together. So you think that would be the end? They get the match. They kill the bugs. Are the bug? Are the bad guys cool? No. Well, okay. you didn't even see the bad guys. No, I, I didn't give a shit. No, I, I did that same thing where like sh- some shotguns kill them in one blast. Some guns you can empty a clip into them. Nothing happens. It's just like so, that's so annoying. Yes, yeah, really annoying. So they they figure it out. He gets the cure, but is ripped back in time, back to his present day. And Step this, back to reality. Yep, they go to gravity. Yep, you know, and, you know, and this is where the makers of the movie didn't really understand that, yes, you can time travel by jumping from one time to another, but you can also time travel just by living your life. And now that they have manufactured a cure, the whole movie at that point is like, we got to get back to the future to kill the bugs. Wait, wait what's the cure? Oh, understand. so they, they get the brain bug enzyme. They figure out what kind of toxin would kill all the bugs. Oh, and right before they can deploy the big explosion that would just kill bugs and not kill humans, uh, he gets snapped back gets to snapped reality. Back. Oop, it goes gravity. And he's like, I got to get back there to save these people. Back to the future? Back to the future. For, it's about your kids, Chris Pratt. Where we're going. We don't need parks and recreations. And so instead of it just being like, great, we have the cure. We'll wait for the bugs to emerge because we they figure out through that dumb volcano kid. Oh than, no, the dumb volcano dude. kid is important to the plot. Rather than like, so they're like, Martin? Uh, his name is Martin. <laughs> wow. Martin was great. I Charlie's was the, like, yeah. uh, well, this uh, ash is from only this specific part of the world and uh, it's probably coming from a volcanic explosion. Screenwriters, that's a good thing to write into a movie. This can only come from one place. It's an excellent device. People love it. Well, that, that's what they said. It's like, well, it's interesting that this ash is from. A volcano in Korea, but uh, it's probably going to be in Russia. And they're like, "Who can we call?" And it's not like you know any volcano expert at you know fucking MIT or this UCLA. From, uh, We're going to talk yeah. to the the twelve year old at this high school. That rocks. Yeah. So he tells them where to go. There's a long snowmobiling scene where they hunt for the bugs. It takes like ten minutes of just snowmobiles going across a glacier where they're looking for bugs, and then they find the bug hole, uh, and then they they blow it up and they they kill all the bugs in the present. But it's like, I just felt at the same time so smart and so stupid where I was just like, wait, they could just wait. They know approximately it's it's in Russia. Also, who gives a shit if some Russians die? Like, honestly. Look, after... after <laughs> Thank the, you. The collusion? Uh-huh. After the, coll- the collusion Drumpf? with Trump man? Uh, we would... Uh, if, uh, yeah. Let me tell you this. If I go, if we could have been in time machine, go back in time... I would freaking put bugs on, on Putin. Yeah. I'd bug him up. I would let the Let's bugs bug out early. So it's a, it's we a, should go to war with Russia. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Here, listeners, uh, join the army. Join the army. You can be it's a cool science army. Cool science. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. But it's, this movie strikes me as like the kind of thing where we just faced an existential threat, like an unprecedented, actual, real life emergency, and that is still playing out in horrible ways throughout the world. Okay. Yeah. And to to see a movie that very much looks like a what if the Russians nuke us kind of vibe or like, you know, like the, the, a very cold war indebted. And same with Black Widow. Right. Well, that 
that's the whole thing with that, right? I know, but it's right. still, it's like a weird time for it to come out where it's just like, just like, I don't know, it's like, we're, are we really back to the 80s filmmaking where just like well, Russia's, okay. the Soviets are our big enemy? From my perspective, the way it appears to me is that there is a sense of hopelessness and powerlessness that people feel in our inexplicable, confusing, and disappointing reality that reminds me of like classic Cold War filmmaking where people felt like they were stuck in this paralysis like the whole point of possession possession is a movie about war it's a movie about the cold war it's it's not a movie about the devil or whatever it's a movie about like you know what if you feel so powerless that that something something couldn't inhabit you or copy you or double you or you could give birth to something you don't understand and it would mean nothing to you because you're so you have so little agency that like it's it's a different kind of possession you know and a movie like this is sort of like things are scary but if we keep investing in crypto and getting side hustle gigs you can go on vacation to Tahoe or, or like what what the fuck is like well, it's, it also, what's the meat of like, you're raising questions that you're not answering it's also such a uh, such an awful just like global warming shit where it's just like literally you know in his in his science classroom when he's making fun of the volcano kid which cool which te- rules that's, great that's teacher movie, make fun of that kid like uh well you guys are obviously depressed because all your parents are dying through the draft uh can i i would like to call on someone to talk about their feelings except for you i fucking hate you volcano kid and then all the kids laugh at him that was really fun. But in the background, there's a uh, slideshow that has nothing to do with his actual presentation about volcanoes or whatever. Or No, he was talking about, I forget. But there's just like a global warming fact sheet going on in the background. And then the end of this movie is like, well, because the earth is slowly warming, bugs will come out of the earth. <laughs> that rules. Yeah, so it's like, uh, this is this is like Hollywood, or sorry, Holly Weird just being like, you know what? You don't you don't worry about you can't put a, a danger on global warming. Well, what if global warming made bugs? Now you're scared, huh? And you know what? You have to join the army and sacrifice yourself to save the earth because your kids will be corporals soon and they're not going to save themselves. That's that's how the movie ends. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. It was very stupid, but it's yeah. just like the whole, like, just wait, just because of the thing, if you went back to the future and tried to blow up the bugs, you'd be saving a future where there's only 50,000 people left. Where? What if, what if you went back to the future to kill the bugs and then your hot mom tried to suck your dick while you were trying to wipe out the bugs? Your hot daughter? Like, oh no, that's so fucked up. But they're the same age. Fuck. Wow. I got to tell you, you know. The the spinoff porn around this one is going to be real problematic. I I've really gotten into the ones where you get like stuck in a table. Yeah, everyone's step siblings and mothers always getting stuck in stuff. Yeah, that's pretty odd. Like it is one of the funniest conceits because I I you know the, the the best part of porn is like you know when there's the obvious winking to the audience and how like these premises are yeah so but the getting stuck in stuff is really a whole it's, new level. It's, of that. So here's here's the here's the thing. Okay, okay. Uh, I would be. In, I would be in the porno, or I'd be watching the star. I don't know. I'm, I'm, well, let's say it's me. I star in the porno. In the Tomorrow War porn spinoff? Yeah, what would it be okay. called? The the Tomorrow Fuck. Okay. That's okay. The, yeah, I'll come back to that. Uh, I, go th- I, get my, I get to take my shirt off and my pants, and I go, why am I taking my clothes off? And then what happens? What, he gets covered in... They put his arm in the thingy and put the band on him, and they're like, you're going to be dead... 
so that's why we can. <laughs> but wait, why does he not want to put a shirt on again? What gets covered? What does he get covered in? Well, no, you're getting confused. I was saying Vin Diesel in. No, but doesn't that happen? Dark in this Fury. One? He's like, I'm not putting this shirt back on. It's yeah, covered good. in yucky stuff. But doesn't he do that in this too? I don't fucking. know. Or anyway, or anyway, I would do that except I would take all my clothes off. Yeah. Um, and then I'd be like, well, I'm not putting those back on. There'd be a sex scene there. That's a good one. I'd stick my dick maybe in the machine that, and I'd get a little, like a dick cover. So, so far in the porno, the one sex thing you're seeing is you <laughs> stick your dick where it looks like a large printer. Yeah, and then women are like, you're going to die in three years. I Dude, go, that's oh. hot. <laughs> when, I, when I'm having sex, I love it when a woman tells me I'll be dead soon. It's uh, the only way I can finish, if I'm being real. And then in the same way that we have this nice moment of people getting stuck and things getting fucked. I'm pulled into the future, but only my bottom half goes through. So I'm stuck in the time. You're like rift. the fucking Pixar guy. In that yeah. Movie that, like uh, dad's pants. Dad's pants. Was that, did you see that? Yeah, I did see dad's pants. It? Not good. Okay. It was what? bad. Uh. It's, it's about a, a Pixar employee wants to make a movie about his dad. And it's like, it's not a story. It's just about a dad. I bet a lot of people at Pixar wish that their dads loved them. Yeah. Well, that's why you should all uh, see dad's pants. But yeah, so I get stuck in the time rift and I guess got this dangling body. dangling. But I'm not wearing pants because I refuse so to put the pants. So penis is out. So penis is out yeah. and a woman's my daughter, but she's now my same age as my penis. Well, it's been a good episode. <laughs> she goes, what's this? Thanks for listening. What's this? We've got the Patreon. Join us next week oh, for the Chronicles like a of big fat cock. And then sucky, sucky, sucky. Uh, it's been the show. We killed the bugs. Okay, we killed the bugs. Happy ending. Uh, don't remember, watch that, remember the pirates porn? It was like yes, it was like everyone's like it's the highest budget pornography. But it was it's, like a it was, movie. I've never. It, it, here's the thing: it was it was like almost too much plot. I never some, seen it because it was like, it, but it's very like in that weird era, old school big budget porn where it's like it's not like I think we were raised in a Gonzo porno world, yeah, and this is like. An old school, but it came no, but it came out in like the era where I was watching porn. It no, just, I know like, it was, was in of, that style, it was out of time. I'm yeah, saying. it, it, it sure was. Like, was. We're going to make a classic, old fashioned. Not like the movie I just pitched. Let me tell you. No, I think the budget on Pirates is like a million dollars, which I think is makes it the highest. Uh, it's a lot budget porn movie. But yeah, it's a. Uh, oh, he's, we're going to watch it right now. Um, um, yeah, so we are in the midst of Joel Guy Ritchie. Uh, we'll be watching. Uh, the man from Uncle, or do you pronounce it the man from UNCLE? It's the man from Uncle. Yes. Okay. I, I, isn't it weird that I remember that so vividly that the yeah. the production of Pirates, uh, the porn movie, was over a million dollars? We should have done it for the the Caribbeverse. Well, if honest. we ever get into our June coverage, <laughs> that's a sick name. No one knows when June was born. Whoa, that's Circus awesome. 1969. Nice. Of course, it does seem like he's no longer actively making pornography. Yeah, so that's he, tough. he had it's tough. Wait, is it, do you know the the gender? Is it boy, girl, or uh, it's a it's a fella? June is a fella. One name, J O O N E. Cool name. He's won the uh, AVN Awards twice. Uh, wow, the sequel was an eight million dollar porn. Maybe we have to watch this. <laughs> this is Stagnity's Revenge. Wow. Dude. Well, this episode's gone off the rails. Okay, let's call it a day, Charles. <laughs> let's so let's stop recording. We can we'll watch, watch Pirates, Pirates. Pirates Two: Colin Segnetti's Revenge, the most expensive <laughs> porn film ever made. And uh, that's that. Join us next week for the Chronicles of Wait, Rick. I just wanted to say we're in the midst of Joe Guy Ritchie. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, w page patreon.com slash wwi podcast is only five dollars a month. 
we have a lot of amazing content and we're doing three weird jo- Joel Guy jo- Guy Ritchie movies. Everyone's favorite British director. He's British. Guy Ritchie. Do you think he's gutted over the bloody oh. Euro Cup thing? I think much it sucks and everyone on social media is to talk about soccer and I'm like, cut this shit out. I like soccer. Shut the fuck up. Okay, that's the episode. Bye. I think we got our pre-roll going. Yeah, my, back, my, in per- back in my, the saddle. My dad, this is a nice dad story. Okay. Uh, I was f- FaceTiming him and he was, I was like walking around the house and he was like, Charles, you got a tripod? You, what are you, are you, what is going on? You got a drone following you? I was like, no dad, it's just a steady hand. Wow. Yeah, I can just lock it in. I mean, so, that feels like uh, such a masculine thing to prove to your father that you got a steady hand. Yeah. That's pretty big. I mean, I'm so small and get beaten up all the time. So yeah. this was big for him. He finally, it was like three years. No, it was actually in the new house. It was like two years ago. Not the new house, but the the, the old house. So in now. the recent past, you impressed your father with your steady hand. Yeah. Yeah. I remember once uh, I got a compliment for my Israeli dancing as a child where my dad said, you're very graceful. Josh, graceful. I know. And I, I really, that's not, you know, that's not often used to describe me. No, you, you've told the story a few times about your charging chonko days or whatever you said charging chonko days. remember you I said you it was ch- well the momentum yeah 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 the high velocity i think like we got good pre-roll <laughs> 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 all right uh, no need to count down it's crazy